Hello everybody, co-owner Om Gandhi here. Welcome one, welcome all to the audio edition of the Fireside Chats. For more stories like this, go to our website at runtrymag.com. That's runtrymag.com. You can also find us on Instagram at runtrymag. And you can also find us on Facebook at runtrybike. And now, on to the show. Hey, Carla, how are you? Doing all right. How about you? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm so excited to get to talk to you again. Thank you for joining us and taking time out of your day. Anytime. So, Carla, we got to enjoy some time together under the tent uh, over at Across the Years and, and chat. Tell the folks a little bit about yourself. I gave them some of your bio about being a 100-mile finisher, Boston qualifier, three-time Special Olympic medalist. Give them more information about who Carla is before we dive into the questions. Well, I, 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 I was diagnosed with autism when I was um, 12 months old. I've also grew up with epilepsy and had struggled with seizures until I was in my early teens, late 20s. And so I didn't really get a start on life till later on. But, but later on after that, I figured out that what, what I was good at was, was running. But I was 192 pounds before I realized that um, I, I had something here. My mom had passed away, and so that got me more motivated to start running more. And then it turned into more than I thought it would end up being. It started to run 5Ks, then 10Ks, and it turned into halves and marathons. And then I met people that got me into this ultra thing and hit Ironman stuff. And so people that got me more into more crazy stuff than I thought I would end up being in, not knowing I'd be capable of all that. Yeah. yeah. It, but isn't that true, right? We we really don't know what we're capable of until we start trying and talking to people. Yeah, and when I mean, all the things I went through growing up, being hospitalized with seizures and brain surgery, I think um, but the stuff that I went through with running, like running a 200-miler, even when I started off in that race, I was in pain, and I, my joints just didn't like me. And all of a sudden, like almost saying, I suddenly started running this fast, and days later, and he's like, it was like a perfect comeback. He'd never seen anything like it. Like my mind was like, let's go. I love it. So tell us a little bit more about participating at the Special Olympics and being a medalist there. What is that like? Well, that, that's one of the main reasons that I found running in the first place. In Arizona, they had a run club. And I ended up joining one of my track coaches convinced me that I could start running longer than I thought I would. So and then they connected me with other people that, that would run with me. And then they connected with me with people that ended up getting me to run half marathons and then ended up pacing me with my first full marathon. So then through special limits, I met somebody to help me get, get me my first 100, well, first ultra 50 miler at across the years a few years ago. It was through that special limits that I met them. So they're like, we can get you to your first ultra, and that's what they did. That's amazing. So what um, what events did you medal in at the Special Olympics? Well, I've got a million medals from that. I've been doing special limits since 2007 when I first lived in Wisconsin, then moved to Arizona, and that, that but. When I really started getting to compete nationally is when I moved to Arizona and I got a silver medal in volleyball at the National Games of Kentucky. And then the following year, I got picked to go to um, New Jersey for track and field. That's where I really got my running training in because I wanted to get fit for those games. And then I ended up, my coach ended up having me run a mile. And then I'm like, I could get through more than this. And then I got Grant Pat's run and I just worked my way up from there and then turned, then I went up winning a gold and two silvers in New Jersey and sprinting and walking and Softball throw. Hey, softball, too. Yeah. How many sports are, 
Like, are you just the jack of all trades? I want to, you want to get involved in all the sports? Well, I could be – now I do, like, in Special Olympics up here, I'm doing swimming. I'm the only athlete that's doing the 400-meter swim because they don't have any other athletes that swim long distance. So I'm trying to get more people motivated maybe to get into triathlon someday up here. Well, you've got me motivated already. I mean, just the, the number of accomplishments. And more so than that, Carla, I think one of the things that I want to ask you about is your willingness to try. Like, it just seems like, yeah, I talked to this person and I did this. I talked to this person and I did that. Where does that come from? Where do you have this willingness to try and not worry? It seems, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems that you don't have a fear of failure. Yeah, a lot of people with autism, I think it's one of our strengths with having autism is we have this motivation, like, that keep going. We don't feel pain like other people do. And when we do feel pain, it's more harder than other people. So I think some of that has to do with it. And um, everything I did had growing up or whatever, the things I went through, I think that helped me become stronger, too, yeah. for running. Thinking of all the pain I went through growing up. In terms of what? Like physical pain or being picked on type of pain? Oh, both, both kind of physical and just that, that feeling like I fit in with everybody. Yeah. So today when you go to trail runs at across the years, for example, did you still feel that scenario in terms of being isolated or were you, did you feel welcomed by the community? I, I, I I felt welcome. There was a time where I was actually looking for shoe, new shoes, and all of a sudden, this person appeared to give me shoes, and I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know you knew. <laughs> like, they were thinking what I was thinking. So I will, let me give the audience a little background on this, because I've met Carla at Across the Years, and when she came into the warming tent and the sleeping tent, I guess, like, you were covered in mud. And I was. I still got pictures of that, too. <laughs> covered in mud, and we're... Uh, you had your shoes untied and you told me that the reason why you had to have your shoes untied was because your feet were killing you and you had just found like this pair of shoes out of left field. And so I'm not surprised that you found somebody to help you out because you were very personable to talk to and are truly an inspiration and motivation for others. Give us more scenarios of what happened while you were out there. Cause you did the six day at across the years, right? Yeah. yeah. So, for before you answer, hold on. For those of you who don't know, Across the Years is an event that takes place literally across the years over New Year's here in the Phoenix, Arizona area. And Carla chose to essentially move her body for what amounts to 144 straight hours. Give us more information about that event. What, what challenges um, did you not expect to have and what was easier than you thought it would be? Well, the challenges, but I thought would be harder for me was the rain and the, the mud and whatever but I ended up motivated the first day that I came out there was rain and muddy too and I was like I don't know if I'm gonna be want to do this and I ended up going pushing through and I, I remember a scenario growing up and I was a kid I used to love to play in the mud so I'm like this is my type of scenery I guess because I mean, as a kid I would play in the mud with the bees and so what what was harder than you thought it would be then if that was easier the hard part was um telling my body i could keep moving like when i would get up i'd almost fall over half the time so did you sleep during the 144 hours um yeah yeah so i maybe would sleep for a couple hours especially with them really really pain i'd maybe sleep for three or four hours yeah that kudos to you and everybody else who ran around that circle for six days because it's a it's a really short track and so it's not like you're getting to see a lot of different environmental changes either right yeah 
Especially like for those people that did the round the clock challenge. They had that thing where you had to run miles every hour, like Om and one of the other guys did. I thought that's got to be harder than what I had to do. <laughs> it's all, it all sounds hard. I, I'm going to race at jackpot at the beginning of March and it'll be my first like loops type race. And I'm already petrified at the idea of running around a loop 50 for 50 miles. So kudos to you guys and being an inspiration to me. I did that in 20, uh, last year, that jackpot. I was there. I did the 100. I did 72 hours. Got a 100-mile buckle right. in it. So what uh, What tips do you have for me, then, for the guy who's afraid and nervous about running around in a circle for, for 50 miles? Well, there's some parts that are a little bit darker than others. Like, um, um, so, like, you'd have to watch out for, like, there's more sidewalk than there is um, gravel. So it's a little bit more easier when it comes to less mud. Gotcha. I'll keep that in mind. So for those of you who are just joining us, my name is Jason Bahamundi. I am the founder and one of the co-owners of Run, Try, Bike. We are talking to Carla Simon, who is a 100-mile ultra finisher, a Boston qualifier, a three-time uh, Special Olympic medalist who does it all um, and is a super inspiring and motivating person. Carla, let's talk about your um, epilepsy that you have had to deal with and the intellectual disabilities. How do you um, use those in a way to help keep moving you forward? How do you leverage them from a positive angle? Keep your urban running adventures going all winter long with high-performance traction designed specifically for icy roads. The Catula Nano Spikes footwear traction have a low-profile design that won't affect your stride while running. The 10 ultra-tough tungsten carbide spikes give you traction that you can trust. Don't let the ice and snow stop you from reaching your goals. For more information, visit Catula.com. Oh, well, I leverage that, like I said, with my autism. I can, it helps me mentally stay focused so I can focus on stuff for hours, like with running or fitness. And sometimes people have to tell me to stop because sometimes I'm too focused and like don't know how to rest. Yeah, I can see that. Remember, rest is really important. So yeah. don't do that. I know. So with all... Uh, different sports and accolades that you have accumulated, which one is the hardest for you? Which one is the one that when you see it on your training plan, you're like, man, I don't want to do this. Well, I'm more trying to, the wind, the bike and biking in the wind is my hardest thing. I'm trying to work on doing arrow because I know, because I'm doing my first full Ironman this year. I know in Arizona, although you'll have to do arrow going up the hills because it could be windy on the beeline from my understanding from what I've yeah. seen. Yeah, so I, I raced Arizona in 2012. And you are in arrow position a lot up and down the B line. So definitely the, the more you can practice that out in Wisconsin while you're out there, the, the better it is for you when you get down here to be able to handle that for sure. Because I live by Lake Michigan, so it can get windy. So I, to me, it's perfect training. Yeah, you just mentioned to me that uh, you went outside and rode your bike today for 27 miles. How was that? Yeah, there was a windy going out i mean i was surprised i still had a 12 mile per hour pace going out but i mean it was better coming back with the wind behind my back than i had a 13.8 mile per hour pace going Good. back for you so out of curiosity are you doing a lot of this training on your own or do you have training partners that join you um right now mostly on my own because i had just moved here from arizona in july so i'm still trying to meet more people and figure out who else is gonna i can train with and do things with because i live in Manitowoc. a lot of people i know live out in green bay okay. How far away is Green Bay from you? About 40 minutes, so it ain't too awful bad. Yeah. 
So for all of you folks who are watching this out in Green Bay, get in touch with Carla, create a training group so that uh, when she gets down here for Ironman Arizona in November, she'll be ready to rock and roll. Um, out of curiosity, why did you pick Ironman Arizona? I know you did the 70.3, but why, why the full in Arizona and not elsewhere? Because I know, I know the course, I've been on the B-line a ton, because I lived there so many years, I kind of more familiar with it than I would be for Wisconsin, although I did Wisconsin as my first half Ironman, and that was okay, but I, I feel for the people who did the full that last year, because it rained, and it was windy, it poured, or cold, there was like a high, did that finish early. Yeah. So, let's talk about the challenges of getting down here from Wisconsin. So, what challenges are you uh, having to face and deal with and plan between today, February 14th through uh, November, you know, when the race takes place? I'm making sure I have the equipment and can afford somewhere to stay because nowadays transportation, things can be ex more expensive than it used to be. And so, so like when I did Ironman, half Ironman Arizona, I, I was lucky enough to find a, a triathlete friend who borrowed me one of his bikes that he built. It really worked well for me. So I'm hoping maybe I could do that again. He says I could use it any time, so I might use it for the full. In this way, like it saves you from having to pay to transport a bike down here then? Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I like about it. Yeah. I don't even other... know how. So yeah was it well yeah and it's hard I, as a person who has transported bikes in the past it can be cumbersome to try to get a bike through the airport and get it here and the worry that goes on with getting the bike to a particular place so i understand that um you know monetarily we talked about the challenge of the call everything getting more and more expensive for a person with intellectual disabilities what of a bigger impact i guess is the is the best way to ask is the financial component like are you do you have more restrictions in being able to find employment that can cover you know the cost of, of travel and that and uh, well like finding the right employer that works with somebody with autism like i don't know where i would look for that up here i mean when i, I worked for elberts and safeway down in arizona and they were really supportive when i traveled taking off when i needed to go race so i'm looking for something like that up here that supports people like us with disabilities who do triathlon travel a lot. And and you mentioned during our, our pre-chat chat, the the pandemic had a big impact on that? Yeah, so I'm like, um, like because as you can sometimes somewhat tell, I have a speech disability where I like blurb stuff where people can't understand me even without a mask on. So when I was wearing one, it made it more harder with my sensory issues because some people couldn't understand me. I mean, so, and I try to tell people that and like they, a lot of employers wouldn't cooperate with it. So it makes me hard to know trust yeah absolutely so let me ask you this carla because you know a lot of people would throw their hands up in the air and be like you know what it costs too much i don't want to deal with this employers are, are a nightmare to handle and deal with and everything else what motivates you to keep going forward um well there's people that helped me through that stuff that like they say they didn't they didn't, don't like this either but they helped me kind of deal with it so i would go out and do carts instead at work a lot of times to avoid having to do anything during covid that was inside. Yeah. But what my, I guess my question is what keeps you going to want to do these sports and when costs can be astronomical and, and difficult to attain gainful employment and, and just everything involved with the sports in general, what keeps you going? Um, well, well, I want to keep my, the weight I lost up 10 years ago off for one. And for another, um, mentally it helps me because if I sit around and do nothing, I get depressed and like, I don't know if any, I don't, I feel alone. 
because I have depression and anxiety. I don't really have as many friends as I'd like up to get up here. I have acquaintances, but nobody really to hang out with. Well, well, thank you for sharing that vulnerability with us, Carla, because I think there's a lot of times where people can feel alone, especially in these sports where there's not a training group nearby and end up doing a lot of these things alone. So thank you for sharing that vulnerability and hopefully that'll help inspire and motivate others to, to try to get involved with these sports too. So pre and another thing, interesting thing I was going to mention, that, but now you say that is there's a lot of people in ultras that I've met that have lost loved ones and that's why they run new things or else they've had addictions to alcohol or other things. So it's another reason to get involved in this sort of stuff. Cause you meet a lot of people with similar struggles. Yeah, you absolutely do. I mean, I've been involved in endurance sports for, this is my 16th year and I, like a lot of people, I started with road running and then triathlon became a thing and then ultra running became a thing. And, um, you know, you, you tend to find yourself, you tend to find the people that are most aligned with you. And, and we've all had a battle. Um, and it's why we started this company was, you know, we've all battled through something and, and endurance sports has been the conduit to help us get through that kind of stuff. Um, so my question for you, my next question for you is, when it comes to ultra running and Ironman or triathlon in general, which do you find to be harder and why? Um, well, probably the triathlon because there's more of a cutoff and safer. Like you have to you have to reach a certain distance versus like ultra running where you could do whatever you what amount of miles you want and still finish. So when it comes to Ironman Arizona, are where does your fear of missing that cutoff lie and where is that yeah i got this part lie are you nervous about the water the bike the run the bike and the arrow doing the arrow thing up on the b line outside of that i'm i feel confident in the swim and the run because i've already been able to manage those distances i the last week i swam four thousand meters in the pool so and i'm already ready good for you that that you know that the the boredom of going up and down a lane for 4,000 meters will get you mentally strong for just about anything, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, Carla, I've gone through your Instagram account repeatedly to look for items, and one of the things that jumped out at me was the all-world athlete that you received from Ironman. What did that feel like when you got that notification? It felt really good. Feels feels like maybe I can get a chance to someday compete at Kona or Nice if we're given the chance. I might have a chance to do that. I'm hoping so. I can join Chris Nykick, another athlete with disabilities who finished at Kona this past year. Yeah. So did you find inspiration from him? Is that something that you thought to yourself, if he can do it, so can I? Yeah. In what way? Um, well, like him, I've got uh, weak muscle tones in my muscles, so I have a thing called dyspraxia, where sometimes some of my muscles don't work or, uh, the way other they should, and like that's why I run on my tiptoes and sometimes have more of a um, different swim stroke than some people might be used to. People know what's that when I run. They're like, you know you run in your tiptoes? I'm like, yeah, it works for me, though. <laughs> Let that be a lesson, people. Run how yeah. you feel most comfortable. Yes, there are definitely certain guides and forms, but um there are definitely you know do what works best for you so we have a question here um who and how did you get involved in endurance sports well i got involved through um like i said i started off with a special Olympics run club and they that, that kind of i met got connections through that and they got me connected for other running clubs so i met people through there that got me into endurance sports and so i and then i met 
people through those marathons that got ran ultras and so they they convinced me i could do one so i worked my way up for me and other people from the running community so but did they say to you hey carla i think you should be a part of um this process or were you saying to people hey i want to lose weight i want to get physically fit i want to um do things and they said hey here's an opportunity through special olympics well uh, uh, I had people that told me I could do it through Special Olympics or coaches that told me I could work my way up. And then they're the ones that introduced me to people that have done that. And then through running, I paced somebody in an ultra, and that's what got me addicted at across the years because I paced another runner and when I was doing the six-day race there. Very cool. So we have a, a comment from Kathy Jansen who's just wanted to say hi from Arizona. I don't know if you know who Kathy is, Carla. Yeah, I do. They they came and cheered me on at Half Ironman Arizona. They're a Special Olympic athlete's parents that came. That, that one of the, her husband has done Ironmans too. So that's what they're kind of the reason I got motivated to do them too is meeting them. Perfect, awesome, Kathy. Thank you for the comment. Appreciate it. Um, so, do you feel like you are an inspir an inspiring uh, persona and a motivating persona to others? Like, do you recognize that in yourself? I do. And I get comments all about from people all the time how awesome I am, how they I motivate them and their kids with autism and disabilities to work their way up too. Do you feel pressure to perform and continue to be a part of the endurance world, knowing that there are others that are looking up to you? Um, so sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, especially when I'm at my weakest moment, but that helps me keep going in some ways too. That I know there's people watching, and I have a reason to keep moving. That's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Because, I mean, honestly, uh, our conversation had across the years inspired and motivated me. And when Om told me that you were uh, wanting to be a willing participant in this conversation, I was super excited um, and was thrilled to, to be able to have this conversation with you. We have another question from AZ Runner Mama. She said, we, will we see you at across the years uh, in December? And if so, what distance will you be going for? I'm a sure about the across the years thing yet first i've got to get through my uh, few trips for half ironmans and ironmans i'm doing three half ironmans this year and then my first full ironman in arizona at the end of november so i may have to recover some from that stuff <laughs> for that busy schedule That's a big season which three half ironman are you doing i'm doing ironman steelhead 70.3 in june then in September, I've got Ironman Michigan 70.3, then Arizona 70.3 in October, and then about full Ironman November for Arizona. Awesome. So when you come down here for the half in October, will you just stay here in Arizona through the full? I'm probably not. Unless somebody else got offered me a place to stay for a month, I'll probably fly back and then come back again. I can afford it all. We'll see. That's a lot of want to do. So we have another comment from ak ultra run one who said carla you are absolutely and in big capital letters motivating and inspiring and across the years i don't do you really know the impact that you have honestly i do i do somewhat i mean i'm someday i'm hoping i can get them into more businesses in the work world too and show them too that what we can do and use it there absolutely because you, I mean, you really truly are an inspiration and motivation. I, and I mean, when we posted on our Instagram feed that we were going to be chatting with you today, um, the comments came flooding in and it was probably one of the highest engagements that we've had. And 
sometimes I think people say, yeah, I know. And I understand the, the type of inspiration and motivation I bring to people, but I don't think they always really fully comprehend how inspiring and motivating they are. That's why I asked you that question again. Yeah. And how much, it how much we have to push harder to get where we're at, where we're at too. That's another Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. I, I mean, so let me ask you this. Do you, um, have there ever been instances in which you felt sort of dismissed by people when it comes to having to deal with your intellectual disabilities and in the endurance sports world? Yeah, sometimes because I'm because I'm I'm on a higher level of autism spectrum. Some people are like, so you don't look like you have autism. Like, well, you got to see me in certain spots to know that I have it. Yeah, I, I mean, so we just had a, an article on our website about overcoming invisible challenges and. Um, it was one of the most engaged um, articles we had because there are times where people don't know. We're talking to you today. We talked to um, Brandon, who is dealing with AS a couple of weeks ago. Um, we know of people who are dealing with AS or MS or RA for that matter, and these in, these invisible disabilities as well as the ones that are visible, to your point, right? People, you don't look like you have autism. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, in all honesty. Like, I don't know what that definition is supposed to mean, but I'm glad you're able to handle it with grace and inform the the people around you and, and our endurance sports community of what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, and then, I mean, like, so now they put the whole spectrum in one because a lot of people didn't like that they were putting it by levels because, I mean, there's certain times where people like me can have our harder moments that are harder to face and the people with the lower levels that can't talk at all. Right, right. Um, so, I'm going to one more question for you and, I, and I'd love to um, get some in-depth response from you about this because I think it's super important because we all know in general how expensive triathlon is from swim gear to bike gear to run gear and obviously if you want to travel. So um, you mentioned potentially wanting to race in Kona and wanting to race in Nice and um, all these other places yet simultaneously having difficulty with employment. So how can race organizations help you get to events and, and help broaden the spectrum of athletes that can race? Well, maybe we can like be like uh, promotional speakers for the organization, like be able to go places to talk about how, how we do can do Ironman and stuff and how that can help bring the community together. I know I'm, I talked to one of the Ironman guys one time and said he's trying to build, uh, build our category more and find more people to do it but i say the way to do it is get more of us to get out and speak pay us to do that be motivational speakers yeah and, and so when it comes to that kind of thing are you you know and you don't have to flesh it all out in this conversation but in that scenario if iron man or another organization said we'll waive the cost of the event for you to come and speak to us is that kind of what you're looking for yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of. There's a way to, but more what I would like is, uh, I mean, it ain't the fee of the race itself, but like paying to get there, like flying there, the rental cars, what cost me more of anything. Right. right. Yeah. And, and it comes back to the ability to be gainfully employed so that you can afford, you know, to, to travel and, and figure out ways to, to overcome and compensate for that, correct? Yeah. So, um, what do you want to tell the audience before we dive into our rapid fire questions? What do we need to know about Carla that I didn't ask about? Um, what we need to know about, about me is I, I have a lot of strength in me that some people might not even know I have. And um, 
um, any you can do anything you set your mind to as possible as long as you you think, think about it and go for it you can do it i love, love it so we tell that we tell people that all the time right like stop worrying start doing um there's never going to be the right time or the perfect time uh the right time to start was one second ago so you know time to get started and get moving forward or like what somebody said focus on the now don't focus on the future or the past focus on what you're worried at now and then work your way up that's right because honestly when when it's all said and done the the bad thing that you're worrying about is probably not the bad thing that's going to happen but something else yeah so so are you ready for our uh rapid fire questions carla they're mostly surrounding food but sure <laughs> awesome so before we get to the food questions let me ask you this when you're out running do you prefer to listen to music, listen to a podcast, or nothing at all? Uh, music. If it's, it depends on the distance, though. So if you're running 200 miles, you're going to need the music. <laughs> oh, that's not true. I ran Coca-Dona without any music. Really? Yeah. I, How? I want, for me, I want to listen to nature. I want to hear my footsteps. I want to hear the things around me. So that's my music is, is the... Well, well Coca-Dona makes sense because you're in a wooded area. If you're running loops, it's a different story. <laughs> that's true. You're right. If you're going around a, a half mile circle uh, over here in Phoenix, then then definitely want to tune out a little bit, right? If I'm running 100, 200 miles in the hiking trail, I'm going to want to look at stuff too. <laughs> exactly. I love it. So which do you prefer? Are you a TV show or movie person? Oh, I like if you're talking about TV shows, like game shows, I like Jeopardy. I just watched that before we came on because I'm good, good at mind games. Awesome. Do you like, do you enjoy movies? Yeah, I like movies like um, sci-fi, like Twister and Jurassic Park, old, old school good movies. Awesome. All right, so here comes the food questions. When it comes to pizza, are you a fan of pineapple on pizza or you keep that off of my pizza group? Keep it off now. <laughs> That's right. We got another one. So for Ohm, who's keeping score? I think this is our 43rd uh, fireside chat. I think we're starting to get more people who are anti-pineapple on pizza. I love it. Pepperoni and jalapeno, something with spice on it. There you go. Perfect. So uh, candy corn. Is candy corn a real candy, or is it just uh, earwax with sugar? It's gross. I don't even want any of that stuff. <laughs> Fantastic. What about Peeps? And, and apologies to the founder of Peeps who just recently passed away. But are Peeps a real candy or are they nothing more than a dust ball with glitter on them? Uh, nothing more than a dust ball to me. <laughs> Give me Reese's, Reese's Easter eggs or something. That's my type of thing this time of year. Perfect. So do you like Cadbury eggs? I never had any of those, but I'll have, I'll have Reese's. Anything Reese's is what I've got to have. So you're a peanut butter fan then? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, red velvet cake. Is it a real flavor or is it nothing more than chocolate cake with red food dye? Yeah, I, I like red, red velvet cake. Anything with cake, cake sounds good. <laughs> they have cake after a race. They're my friends. That's right. What's your favorite type of cake then? Favorite flavor? Oh, I like uh, white, white frosting cake. Anything with white cake. So I, I'm a huge carrot cake fan. Like I love Oh, carrot cake too, yes, carrot cake. Are you a fan of raisins in your carrot cake or no raisins in your carrot cake? No raisins. Oh, gotta have raisins, Carla. Gotta have raisins. Do you... I like cheesecake cheese cake too. Cake, yeah. 
So there are two varieties. Do you like Italian cheesecake or New York style cheesecake? Both, anything cheesecake. <laughs> then, then you're in the perfect state if anything cheesy. You're, Wisconsin's perfect. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you gnawing off on some uh, cheese curds while you're up there these days? Uh, no. <laughs> Not for you. So there are, there are three styles of pizza that I personally will recognize. New York, Chicago, and Detroit style. Which is your favorite style of pizza? Chicago. I had to go for that when I did the Chicago Marathon back in 2019 because I did that marathon. And I had to have pizza when I was there. I was still living in Arizona when I did that race. Came up there. Carla, the only way you can describe Chicago pizza is that it's a tomato. It's a bread bowl with tomato soup in it. That's not pizza. Well, I, I heard New York has better style. I better try it sometime to find out. If I ever get to do the New York City Marathon, I'll go out and try it. That's right. And I'll, I'll, get, I'll give you places to go try New York City pizza. I'm born and raised, so I, I know okay. where to get <laughs> So, um, do you like barbecue? Um, yeah. Awesome. So, barbecue can create a lot of dissension amongst people. So, are you a St. Louis style? Are you a Texas style? Or are you a Carolina style barbecue? Which one's your favorite? See, I wouldn't know because I like anything protein with barbecue, hot dogs, anything with protein in it. So, North Carolina tends to be more vinegary. Uh, Texas tends to be more wet. And St. Louis tends to be more dry. Oh, probably the, the middle one. The more, more wet. wet. You, you like to have it running down your arm? Yeah. Like 17 napkins cleaning it off? Anything with barbecue sandwich. There you go. There you go. Sloppy, sloppy go type. <laughs> Are you a fan of ice cream? Yes. Favorite flavor? Give me cold stone any cold day. Cold stone? That was yeah. What's your favorite flavor ice cream? Birthday cake remix. I've got to have that from them. Look at that. Are you, so then, I mean, you, you, we love food, clearly, you and I both. So you must have a favorite pie. Um, let's see what kind of pie I like. I like chocolate, chocolate pudding chocolate pie. Pudding pie. I'm a key lime pie fan. Key lime pie all day. Give me that tartness. Carla, thank you so much for joining us. I had a blast. Uh, I can't tell you enough how inspiring and motivating you are to me. And I hope to the rest of the audience and, and followers that um, watch this video and, and listen to the podcast down the road. Outside of being on Instagram, is there any place that we can follow your journeys and, and root for you as you go through your 370.3s and your Ironman at Arizona in November? I I post a lot on Facebook, so I have Facebook pages. I have at least three because I have so many people I keep in contact with. Very cool. Well, Carla, thank you so much for your time. This video will be up on the uh, Instagram feed here in a moment. Appreciate it. If there's anything we can do to help you, please let us know, okay? Okay. Thank you. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you for joining us.